Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm very excited for today's conversation because this is a topic that I think is going to be valuable for everyone and is very applicable, but I'm joined by Dr. Debbie Silver, who is the founder of the PBT, Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, and is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, the author of Trust Again, and is the two-time number one international best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman um, and uh, From Hardened to Healed. The Effortless Paths, Release Resistance, Get Unstuck, and Create a Life You Love. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, and the Dr. Oz show, TEDx twice, and more, she's an award-winning speaker and coach dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other blocks preventing them from being the, from the health, the work, the relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most. So... Dr. Debbie, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic and just to to dive in, you know, I shared a lot of the women, myself included, like we all have some level of trauma, betrayal, like it's so rampant Mm -hmm. in society. So I'm I'm excited to just dive into, you know, what you've learned and figured out on how we we do this. But as always, you know, I I love to hear people's stories and just how, how you got to where you're at. So we'll We'll start there and then start yeah, sure. So it's actually my 30th year in business. And I don't know of anyone who's like, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. No. <laughs> so I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a really painful betrayal from my family. And then I thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. And then a few years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. So I got him out of the house and I and I looked at the two experiences and I was like, well, what's similar to these two? I mean, of course me, but what else? And I realized, you know, I never took my needs seriously. Boundaries were always getting crossed. Um, and I, I was like, I know something, something has to, it's like, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So made a decision, something big has to happen. And I'm doing something, I'm doing something that for me was really drastic. So here I was four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. I was 50. I'm like, nope, we're going back for a PhD. I mean, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage the time, but it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. And then when I was there, I did a study and I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. Amazing on so many levels. And I'm so excited about this because I've 
you know, really seeing, obviously I'm in the health world a lot, but you know, how a lot of this kind of impacts and affects our health. And I've had women that like we clear out parasites and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm ready to deal with trauma from 40 years ago that I've never dealt Mm -hmm. with. Like, you know, there's these layers. And so I'm really curious to just kind of dive into this. So as we do, like, let's, I I think everyone has a good idea, but just for our listeners sake, let's define betrayal. You know, what, what's the context of what we're Sure. So I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule and every relationship has them. And, and really the way it works is the more you trust and depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So a child who's totally and completely dependent on their parent, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret, still a betrayal, different level of cleanup left, left in the week, but it hits us on such so many levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. So they all need to be addressed and they all need to be uh, cleared up. And I'm happy to share, you know, the discoveries if that would serve. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Sure. So the first one was, you know, originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. So for those who aren't familiar with post-traumatic growth is I kind of look at it like if there's an upside of trauma, how that trauma death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, or perspective you didn't have. But I had been through disease and I had been through death of a loved one. And I'm like, "Mm, this feels different. I didn't want to assume it was the same for everybody. So I asked all my study participants, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self is shattered and has to be rebuilt. You know, think about it, rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. These things are huge and they're all shattered. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. I'm like, yeah, you're rebuilding your life, but you're also rebuilding yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. That's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. So that was the first discovery. Okay. Yeah. Um, The second one was there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we actually have um, a quiz, the post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent someone's struggling. We've had about 45,000 people take it at this point. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting about that quiz, a few things. One is, you know, we've all been taught and told time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago and I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. I feel gutted, you know, so we know it's a very different experience. Um, and then every few months I pull the stats from the quiz just to see how people are doing with that. You want me to share some with you? Yeah. Yeah. I love stats. Let's do it. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> so now imagine 45,000 people. We have men, women, you know, just about every age is represented here. Almost every country. So 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. are hypervigilant. I mean, that's exhausting right there. Yeah. 94% deal with painful triggers. Mm -hmm. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. You're going to see all your patients and clients. You're going to see them in in these symptoms right here. Yeah. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. Those are your adrenals tanking right there. Yeah. Um, 
47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe they can't hold food down. Later on, they're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues. And that's anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. Uh, the most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed, 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, and 62% are unable to concentrate. So you can't concentrate, you're exhausted, and you're supposed to work and raise your kids and everything else. That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are really angry. I mean, you, it's very common to bounce back and forth between those two, which is exhausting. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. So here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again, ready? 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. That's incredible. I think, you know, just from the perspective, because a lot of women I talk to, you know, we feel like we're alone or we, we get lost in our own story of, of whatever's happened. And we either try to say, oh, it's not that big a deal, or it's like so big and overwhelming, it's all consuming. And so to me, like those just say, hey, you're not alone. And it's impacting far more of your life than just, you know. Yeah. I mean, this, there, I mean, think about it. It's not like, oh, 20%, 30%. I mean, we're talking like 50, 60, 70, 80, even 90. Yeah. So 90 plus. So it, it hits us really, really hard. And to your point, no, you're not crazy. You're not alone. And you can heal from all of it, which actually leads me to the third discovery. If you want me to share that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, this was for me, this was the most exciting of the three. I mean, they were all exciting, but this one just blew my mind. And what we learned was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, mm -hmm. if we're going to fully heal and by fully heal, I mean, symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that whole healed space of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Why is that good? Healing's predictable. If someone is willing to do what it takes, they will predictably move through the stages. And I'm happy to share the stages if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm really curious now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're all mapped out in trust again. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. All of our coaches are certified in it. Uh, I'm going to give you a distilled version right here. So stage one is, is like before it happens. And it's like a setup stage. So if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and not really, and not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? Looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being, right? But if a table only has two legs, it's easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Uh, stage two, by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is shock. This is trauma, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So this is like really where that person takes a mask off and reveals who they've been. And right here, you've ignited the stress response. So you're headed for every single stress-related 
symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. You know, the rules that govern you, that prevent chaos, you know, don't go there, trust this person. These are the rules, you know, and in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, every rule that you've ever held to be real and true is no longer the bottom's bottomed out and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? You know, but here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, you're like, okay, we got this, right? And because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know these stages. We don't know there's a stage four and stage five. So because we don't know there's anywhere else to go from here, we start planting some roots here and we stay here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know. We don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all of these small self benefits from staying here. You know, we get our story. We get to be right. We get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger. You know, we get sympathy from everyone we tell our story to. We don't have to learn to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget. I'm not trusting anybody. So we plant deeper roots. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. Now, because we're here longer than we should be, longer than we're supposed to be. Now the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Again, you're not supposed to be here for long, but you don't know that. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, and this is the energy you have, like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. Like the misery loves company people, they come around now too. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go. We don't know about stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know that, here's where we we resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks, but I guess this is as good as it's getting. So how do I, how do I just get through this as best I can? So right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever, to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from what's painful to feel our face. So think about it. You do that for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit a year, 10 years, 20 years, right? And I can see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they look at me like I'm crazy. I said, it happened 20 years ago. But do you see? All they did was put themselves in stage three and stayed there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm um, kind of looking at my own life and, and just seeing that and, you know, stuff yeah. I've, I've been through and I know others, so I, I hope they're all kind of looking at this. Cause a lot of the work I do is we end up talking about that. Like you're here because of, you know, this is yeah. the stuff that happens. So that I'm really is. curious, you know, how do we start to move into stage four and five? Yeah. So I'll tell you. So anyway, so I found it, it was so common that people would land in, they would move toward to out of stage two into stage three and stay there 
So from hardened to healed is only for the, is just for stage three. Like we needed a whole book of just getting you out of that stage. So trust again, moves you through all five, but if you're just like really rooted and stuck in stage three, then from hardened to healed. Um, and, and, and it's also, and I'll just say that it doesn't even necessarily have to be from like a profound soul crushing, heartbreaking betrayal that you find yourself in stage three. It could just be from some limiting beliefs where, you know, let's just say your mom said something when you were a kid and she didn't mean anything by it. And you made it to mean something and your whole life has been a result of that. So anyway, um, so that's, that's why people get stuck in stage three. If you're willing to let go of those small self-benefits, everything you get from it, you have to grieve more than the loss, bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I control what I do with it. And when you're in that mental space, you start turning down the stress response. So you're not healing just yet but you just stopped the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. Also think about it. If you, uh, you know, I always use the example of if you were to move to a new house, office, condo apartment, you know, but if you were to move, you don't take everything with you, right? Well, what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you right? Here's where you've outgrown them. So people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. Very common to this stage. Anyway, when you've made um, this new space mentally home, you're good with it. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. We didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. We were surviving. Now we do. The mind is healing. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And we have a new worldview based on what we see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. That's really powerful and incredible. And I can, there's so much value in there. You know, A, like I can think of so many women that I know who are stuck in that, that stage two, three. And so many of us, like we live our lives there and it's not really living. It's this you know, like the world's out to get us. And there's a couple of people in particular, some of them family members <laughs> that I'm thinking of, you know, with this. And so making like being in a, able to get to the place where you can make that transition into really starting to heal, I think is enormous. And well, you, you know, he, I look at it like you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to heal. And, and, you know, what I learned also was Healing is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. That's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new. I'm talking from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. That's what I did with my husband. So not long ago is to completely transform people. We married each other again. Uh, new rings, new vows, new dress and our four kids is our bridal party. Um, But what I see, yeah. But what I see so often is people are so afraid of that complete and utter death and destruction of the old, but that's the only way you birth the new. And, and in fact, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. 
the first group was, that was the group like they had their story, they were sticking with it. That was it, deeply rooted in stage three. Um, the second group, this was the group who was numbing, avoiding, distracting. So maybe they ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer, anti-anxiety medication. They were, you know, numbing, emotionally eating in whatever, whatever way they chose. It may have made the day a bit easier to get through, not without a price. They didn't heal. And the third group, this was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of uh, fear of financial fear, not wanting to break up a family, um, religious reasons was a big one. They just did all they could to like turn the other cheek, try to put it behind them. I saw two things with this group. One was a further deterioration of the relationship. And the second thing was this group was the most physically sick. Your broken heart can't take that, but I get it. There's, they were so afraid of that complete death and destruction, you know, yeah. but, um, so they just patch up, trying to patch up, patch up, patch up. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work well anyway. No, absolutely. And I can see, yeah, there's so much, so many things we can unpack there, you know, and it's scary, right? Cause we're essentially, you know, when you go through betrayal and that, and I would even go so far as to, I I've been pretty transparent on the show. I had a situation about five years ago where I was coming out of a divorce. My two best friends were a married couple. Essentially the husband and I ended up in, a, in an affair. It was more emotionally based than it was physical, but you know, huge betrayal to my friend, their marriage. And honestly, I looked at like, I, I had to take on, you know, being the other woman and the betrayal was really with myself because I became this like horrible, you know, what I would consider one of the most horrible human beings, like in the world. And so that's where I really found my spiritual growth and healing. Cause I had to realize that God accepted me as I was, and even in my brokenness, but, you know, looking at that, like the betrayal can be on multiple different levels. And so it's, it's finding a willingness to like break that all down and navigate from there. And like, I could have stayed stuck in all of that. And we've come so far, my friend and I are actually at a, a point where they ended up getting divorced, but you know, she and I have been able to reconnect. So our sons can play again. And like that, is huge and yeah. took a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, self-betrayal is so huge. And there's a really big link between uh, betrayal and self-betrayal too. But, but, you know, think about it. There's so much, one of the biggest um, emotions we experience with betrayal, and this is whether we're the betrayer or the betrayed is shame, you know, yeah. and, and it's one of the most physically destructive emotions we have. Right. So mm -hmm. how do you heal shame? You bring light to it. You bring honor to yeah. it. And it sounds like that's what, you know, what you were doing and your friend sees that you're for real about it. And that's why she's willing yeah. to, you know, that it, that relationship crashed and burned, but, but you're doing the work to, to rebuild. And, you know, people ask me all the time when, when trust is shattered, can it be repaired? And I say, no, can it be rebuilt? Yeah. But it takes a lot. And I, yeah. I look at trust like a brick wall, really every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy. That's one brick in that brick wall. And that's why it takes a long time. The only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick. Right. And then yeah. again, in one big moment, the whole thing can come shattering down. And the person really who's been betrayed, whose trust has been shattered has every right to look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. Walk away. However, if, if the person who's been betrayed is willing, and that would be their their role. If they're willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt, the other person has to be a really good bricklayer. 
Mm-hmm. And it goes up the same way it went up the first time. Every opportunity they have to show that they're, that they're trustworthy, one brick in that brick wall. And so it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And a willingness. You know, I, I love what you shared, just especially in the relationship with your husband. Like, obviously, you decided it was worth rebuilding that. And But the, the most important healing. Uh, aspect of that is that was the deal breaker. And so the marriage was over. You, you know, and you go into the healing part of it and what we teach within the PBT Institute without any expectation of what was going to show up. I was like, I'm a single mom now. I wasn't counting on this. I mean, I had, a, we had plans and he just ruined them, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, my plan was just to heal. And what happens is you, there are a few things that happen, you know, betrayal will show you who someone truly is, mm-hmm. or it'll wake them up to who they've become. And then they can do their work. And if they do, you know, you have the potential to meet up again uh, on a very different level. Yeah. And sometimes that's not the case at all. And then there's really nothing to work with there and then heal yourself and move along. But sometimes there is. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds so simple when we say it like that, but (laughs) the reality is, Oh no, this was not simple at all. If I tell you, I was in the ICU for 11 days. This was way harder than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's big. So we have, it sounds like there's this recognition if we're in that stage two, stage three area, like something that has to shift within us that kind of moves us into this place where we're open to healing, to transformation, to, to whatnot. Um, You know, for those who are in that place where they're ready, what, what tips or advice do you have as like a starting point? Like how do you start to make those you know, there, there I'm, it's all mapped out in, in trust again and everything, but the, yeah. the simplest sort of roadmap I would give you is to follow would be, it starts from where you feel so you're, you're so, so sad. You're just, there's such a deep sadness. Like, how can you do this? You know, mm-hmm. how can you, how can you do this? And then it moves to anger where you're like, really, you did this. Are you kidding? You know, you're furious. And then you kind of move to pity where it's like, you really have to do something like this to whether it's feel better about yourself or whatever's going on there. And then you move to compassion. And when you're in compassion, you're good, you know? Yeah. So, so it's sort of this uh, broad view of where are you now, you know, and, and what are you moving towards? But um, so many people, they just, they have their story and they cling to it for dear life. And, uh, it's such, it's such a shame because first of all, I mean, let's say it's something that happened decades ago, right? This person may not even care. Remember they they even did that. And if your entire life is based on someone else's actions, look at the power you've given them. Look at this, the power you've given this person who may not even care, may not even remember. And I just feel like you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to use it as a launch pad for your transformation. I I didn't do anything anybody else couldn't do. I just looked at it. And I remember going through uh, the study and going through the, just doing the work and saying, if I can heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. Um, Because especially now with the stages, you know, you just have to be willing. That's it. Just be willing. Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. And I know most people just don't want to get uncomfortable, but I look at it and this is going to sound kind of gross, but it's like, if you ever have to, let's say you have food poisoning and you have to throw up and you think holding it back somehow is better. 
And that feels awful, right? And then you throw up and then you're like, wow, I kind of feel better, right? So I look at it like that. This is, uh, I think, some of the hardest work you'll ever do and the most transformative. And, and there's a saying, I've been saying, you know, like I said, I've been in business 30 years and it applies to every single aspect of life. You ready? Here's a mantra. And I invite everybody to write this down. That's my way of saying, write this down. <laughs> and, <laughs> <get a pen. laughs> and it's easy now, hard later. Hard now, easy later. Take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. And what so many people do is they want the easy now, right? Easy now, easy now, easy now, because they're afraid of being uncomfortable. Hard later, it's still there you know, or hard. Now you do the work, you dive in, it's messy. It's ugly. It's uncomfortable. Easy later. Wow. You know what? Look what happened. Yeah. Totally up to you. Yeah. And I will say there's, you know, there is a lot of on the other side, it's the hardest has gone. Like, you know, it's totally gone. It's really- and, and you just, you really become a different person. I mean, you know, and I, and I see it within the Institute and even our certified coaches and our members who are at, you know, the stage four and stage five, they are different and they're so proud of themselves and they should be, they've earned that. They've earned it. You know, they, they've recreated these boundaries. They've recreated who they want to be. They've looked at the experience as really a growth opportunity and, Mm -hmm. and, and as the biggest wake up call, where they can say, okay, who do I want to be now? What do I want to do with this? And uh, trauma is the setup for transformation. It's such a wasted opportunity if we don't mm-hmm. use it that way. I agree. I think we, it's so interesting to me. And I had shared before we started recording, like I, especially in my Alaska native women that I work with where I am at, I work with women all over, but like everyone's got some level of trauma and there's you know, especially in that population. But I think for all of us, there's like this shame around it. Like you said, you know, we don't talk about it. We kind of bury it. We'll pretend like it don't, doesn't exist. I know it took, I had a first marriage. My ex-husband was an alcoholic and like, that was a lot of trauma, even though it wasn't physical abuse. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't, it took me forever to realize that that's what it was and just acknowledge and accept that. And there's so much that we can really transform through in just understanding that and bringing it to the light and, you know, going through this process. And like, I love that you're out talking about it because we need to, you know, stop being afraid of it. And yeah, it's, and, and, you know, it's, it's one of those. And what's interesting is, you know, I'm a really private person. So here I am sharing my story all over the place. And my story is in trust again, the whole story. And then I refer to it in, in from hardened to healed, but I just want everybody to know, I mean, you're, you're not crazy. You're not alone and, and you can heal. And I'm, I'm showing myself as an example of just, I even have in trust again, my study participants. So you could read their stories too. And you see people who've been through such dark times and, and even, you know, when I was even doing the research, I assumed, you're not supposed to assume as a researcher, what I was new to this, but I assumed like the ones who were the hardest hit would grow the least because they had the most to overcome. That had nothing to do with it. Nothing. It was the ones who put their heads down and and said, you know, I'm not picking my head up until I'm out the other side. They transformed. They just moved through those stages and it's available to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I just think of, you know, the incredible stories we hear of those who survived the Holocaust or, you know, genocide in Africa who are able to forgive their attackers or, you know, essentially people who murdered their families or whatnot. And, 
you know, move through and live. And like, there's those examples. And then there's the people that, you know, we, we can't forgive or forget or, or move past a, you know, something that happened um, with the family. And then they just keep making themselves sick. And, and I, here's the thing. It's like, yes, you have every right to stay stuck. You've been, you've been duped, you know, you've been betrayed, you've been lied to, cheated on whatever, but it's like, okay, yes, that happened. And it's the worst thing and it's terrible and it's awful and it's horrible. And if you told everybody, everybody would agree. Yeah. However, you can, you can have your story or you can let that go for a way better story. And you can be the hero or the heroine of your story and stop the accelerated aging and the suppressed immune system. And, you know, all the other things that go besides like all these opportunities you don't have access to because you're carrying around this like 500 pound boulder of pain. You can't see anything in front of you, but when you put that down, you're free and you owe it to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a key there is, you know, when it's another person who's betrayed us or what, you know, we want to be angry. We want to, you know, don't want to forgive them on some level, or we feel mm-hmm. like we can't, but I think we, we fail to recognize that it stops being about them at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's not about us, you know, letting them off the hook or any of that. It's about ourselves and our own health and our own, you know, exactly. And, and that's why, you know, and I get it from the, the logical cognitive mind forgiveness makes no sense yeah. because here it is. Someone did something so hurtful, hateful, harmful, and forgiveness says forgive anyway. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. It's because of what it's doing for you. You know, it was interesting though, in the study, there was this this one study I read where it said, if you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel worse. And the truth is, I mean, when people forgive for the wrong reasons or too early, it backfires every time. But I, in, and I write about it in trust again. I was like, what if we up that a notch and we changed forgiveness? Cause I believe forgiveness you should do for your own sake. Anyway, yeah. what if we changed the word forgiveness to reconcile? And it would sound something like this. If you feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel worse. And that's what many people do. Yeah, absolutely. So good on so many levels. I'm just really excited and inspired to that you've done this research and kind of, you know, put a process and steps to this whole journey. Cause I, you know, just looking at listening to you, I'm like, okay, so I went through, you know, I, I definitely went into phase four. I might still be in phase five, I would say, but or step five with a lot of what I've been through, but you know, it's nice to just have it laid out <laughs> to know that like, oh, yeah. this is how it's supposed to go. Okay. That makes sense. So I just really appreciate that you've taken that on and are sharing it with the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So where can our listeners, I know we've got several books they can choose from to read, but uh, just list them for me one more time. We'll put all this in the show notes too. Um, yeah. Well, trust again is going to move you through the five stages. My story's in there. The study participants stories are in there. The four step trust rebuilding process is in there. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the big book. And then for those who find themselves just stuck in stage three from hardened to healed and, and really the best way to see what stage you're in, just take the healed or hardened quiz. They just find that at healed or hardened quiz.com. Okay. And we'll, we'll put all those in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Debbie, and just, you know, sharing your story, sharing your insight, sharing all this. I find it fascinating. I know our listeners will as well. Oh, great. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. 
Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.